The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood webcast slash podcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always, Jimmy, and uh, we have a very special show. But first off, I want to send a shout out to my brother, Corey, who's in the building. Corey, how are you, sir? What's going on, Jim? How you feeling? Oh, man, I can't complain. Ain't nobody listening. You know, fair and partly cloudy. Uh, you know, we're back at it with another episode. This is uh, 28, I believe. Um, we have a very special guest with us. Um, this gentleman has uh, an African-American travel uh, magazine, and we don't, I don't even know how many of those there are. You know what I mean? I, I looked at your magazine and I started looking around. There's not too many um, that focus on um, our community, but he's the founder uh, of this magazine and it's been around for a long time. I'll let him tell his story. Um, he's also a businessman, an investor, and he's, he's very active in the community doing a lot of work. So um, without further ado, I want to bring on brother Wella Thomas. How are you, sir? I'm fine. And um, Jimmy and Corey, I want to say thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed meeting you guys at the investment club meeting. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of opportunity out here. And, uh, I, you know, I'm glad to meet young brothers like yourself. That, you know, people are now beginning to call me the OG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we, we got together as part of a, a African-American Investment Club, which is important, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's very important that, that we work together to, uh, you know, um, you know, build resources and invest in, in Absolutely. things Absolutely. of that nature. Well, but listen, listen I, I, I was, I'm sorry, I, I cut across you, but no, I, okay. you, know, you just helped the OG get online here because, as I like to say, I'm low tech. I'm not high tech. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we figured it out, though. We figured it out. We figured it out. But listen, um, let's start from the beginning. Where, where are you from? Where are you from originally? Um, okay. And how'd I'm you get into a, business? I'm from a little town in Tidewater, Virginia called Matthews County, which is right on the middle peninsula. Small town, uh, grew up, no traffic lights, but uh, had a good life there. And I uh, went to Virginia Commonwealth University, majored in, uh, started out in accounting, then I went to real estate, started real, selling real estate in my, my 20s. And, you know, when, when the interest rates went to, oh, goodness, 9%, everybody was panicking, and I had a Sheesh. lot of, you know government type of um, clients, VA, FHA. So long story short, I've always been in sales. Uh, you know, uh, went to Virginia Commonwealth University, better known as VCU, uh, been in sales pretty much my whole life and uh, moved to Philadelphia in 1986. And, um, you know, I met my wife. Uh, we started dating and she was finishing up her degree at Temple in journalism. And um, actually, she wasn't in journalism. She was in international marketing. And um, but she hated math and I love math. So I'm trying to tutor her in statistics and she just wasn't getting it. And she ended up taking a writing course as an elective. And uh, professor there said, listen, you really got talent. Uh, I think you ought to think about changing your major. And she was like, oh, I'll never finish. And I convinced her to change her major. I said, I got all the bills here, just go do it. Mm -hmm. And she got the bug to do travel writing and the rest is history. Uh, okay. 
Started let me ask, let me ask you a question, though. Coming from that small town that you came from, um, what made you get into business or major in business? Like, how how'd that come about? Well, I'm going to tell you. My mom, who had a sixth grade education, was a, re a real entrepreneur. And she did a lot. I mean, we ended up owning three or four different houses there. She was always helping people, people that were you know, downtrodden or whatever, she would try to find resources for them. So I, I, I watched that and, and my father was a hard work. I mean, I had five sisters. Neither one of my parents went to, to college, but they made sure that all of us did. So we were instilled with when you turn 18, you either can go to college, you can go in the military or <laughs> We don't care what you do, what you getting up out of here. <laughs> so, and, and um, you know, it was it, it was a loving environment. And then the 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 uh, mandate was to do better than what your parents did. So, you know, being in a small town, I always always wanted to go somewhere. I'm like, hey, you know, take me here. My mom was always making sure we were around black culture. You know, I practically grew up on the campus of uh, Hampton Institute, which is now Hampton University. My three older sisters went there. So, you know, when the Fish Jubilee singers would come or other entertainment or even lectures, we were always exposed to our blackness. I mean, we, we revered people like um, Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, who actually went to uh, walk from West Virginia to Hampton, then later founded Tuskegee. So, you know, I, I came up in a segregated uh, time. You know, we started mm -hmm. out with, with segregated schools and we we got a good education because it was always like, you got to be better. And, you know, when integration came about, my family was one of the first schools to help integrate the schools. And we recognized, hey, you know, we, we were well prepared. You know, we didn't feel like white kids were superior or anything like that. So, you know, but we knew we had to do more. You had to get that education. And yeah. um, we, um, you know, my, three of my sisters went to Hampton and my other two went to VCU and I did, did as well. Because around that time, um, <laughs> my my dad told me when I came out, he said, you better get that basketball scholarship or academic because I can't pay for all three of y'all being in college. <laughs> Listen, uh, bro, uh, well, well, well yeah. move, the, move the camera away from your face a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I was about to tell you that. But it's yeah, okay. It's okay. I was in a zone there, brother. I was, no, I was, no, but yeah, you know what? You no, gave us some, you gave some good stuff. Love. I just want, want to make sure that people can see you as we do this. Yeah, but because um, okay. gotcha. what, what I'm taking from that is um, you had a very strong family structure, right? So it yes. looks like that family is everything because um, yeah, that, that family structure is uh, what, what prepared you for everything that you've done thus far. And that's very important. Um. That people hear that that strong family mm -hmm. so um your wife got into the travel writing business and you know like i said i haven't seen too many african-american uh travel magazines and things they specialize in that so we we gave you the um idea to say you know what we're going to do this our own thing interesting. and I, just to give really give you a good backdrop my wife started travel writing for the local paper here the philadelphia tribune then she got picked up by the asbury park press cleveland plain dealer she was a talented writer and for whatever reason, one of the newspapers, the local one here, decided you can't put contact information in the article because they're not advertising with us, which is kind of um, ridiculous in a sense. So people would call the paper, and of course she was a freelancer. So what would happen is 
they would just say she lives in Philly. So people, our, our phone number is still listed, <laughs> by the way. Okay. And people were calling the house 10, 11 o'clock at night trying to get information on this destination. And I told my wife, we need to change this phone number. She said, no, it's something to this. So she was still at Temple. And um, we did some research and discovered that there was no travel magazine with over 75 titles, none of them addressed the needs of the African-American traveler. Mm-hmm. Now, around that time, the federal government had done a, a report called the Minority Traveler. Over $40 billion was being spent by the uh, African-Americans just in this country on travel and tourism. So we say, damn, yeah. there's an opportunity here. Okay. So we did our homework and started researching about how to start a magazine. I actually helped or I audited a course on magazine publishing at Temple. I would go sit in class with her. And I started looking at these numbers, Corey and Jimmy. I said, damn, Rodell Press just launched a travel magazine. Same year we did. They put out $5 million into this product. And six months later, they pulled the plug. And I looked at my wife. I said, you're crazy. We can't do this. She says, no, we can do it. So I said, okay. I was still working for a healthcare company at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I can figure this out, but I'm going to keep my day job. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. long story short, we, um, my wife actually got some committed advertisers before we launched, and they agreed that we believe in your product, we've seen your writing, and we were able to get enough money to go to print. And by the time we sent out invoices, we got paid. So, we were publishing issue by issue. Okay. And that was in 1997 when we launched. So, we've been out there now 22 years. And we started out as a quarterly, evolved into a bi-monthly. Of course, the stock market crash of 2008 really set a lot of people back, including us. We had to let some people go. We uh, scaled back to a quarterly. But we are the only leisure travel publication in this country targeted to the African-American traveler. We've never missed an issue uh, in, in 22 years. We now also have it in a digital format but we tell you what to do, where to go, how to get there from our cultural perspective. Because mm-hmm. bottom line is when you're traveling, and I'm sure you guys travel, you're successful. When you go places with your family, you want to make sure that you're able to enjoy your type of cuisine. You want to hear your jazz, blues, rap, whatever. A lot of times when you're going places, you may not, if, if you stay in a hotel, you may ask the major D, okay, I'm interested in this and that. They may know your culture, they may not. So what we felt like we were the eyes and ears of the African-American travel community. I mean, if, if, I can, if we can uh, identify an African-American-owned resort, and there are a few, it's not a lot, but mm-hmm. throughout the Caribbean, um, and even the Black-owned bed and breakfast ends, I remember in 1998, we did a special feature on the, all the African-American bed and breakfasts around the country. And it was one of our most popular issues. And we've stayed in quite a few. So what we try to do is to highlight the positive. I mean, we don't do negative stories. I'm not going to be, um, uh, we don't blast anybody. If we, we run across a property that's not up to speed, we'll politely tell the, the proprietor, you know, you need to work on this or that. But the bottom line is there is so much out there that we don't know mm-hmm. that exists. And uh, we're very big on history and culture. I mean, we take people down to South Carolina to the Gullah Geechee 
community. I just hosted the last three days one of my dear friends who wants to bring a, a gala event uh, here to Philadelphia because there's a lot of people in this city and throughout the Northeast who have roots from South Carolina. Uh, you know, yes, most of our ancestors came through the Port of Charleston. So a lot of our rich yep. history here, um, you know, we've taken people to Cuba. We've been traveling to Cuba since 1999. People are amazed and say, well, how do you do that? Well, you have to get a license. So we have Afro-Cuban tour guides on the ground. We've taken people to Egypt, to South Africa. So we're just enjoying the world. And um, oh, y'all doing it big, big. <laughs> we're trying, brother. We're, we're trying. It, and it's still a struggle. I don't want anybody to think that I'm sitting up here like, um, you know, John Johnson by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, we were inspired by the examples. Uh, when we did our research on whether or not to start a magazine, what we discovered, there was a, a product out there called The Green Book, which you probably have heard about. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They just made a movie about that recently, right? Exactly. And they kind of took some liberties with The Green Book on that. But, but the kind of? That was <laughs> by a Pullman Porter who actually traveled up and down from Chicago throughout the South. And he put together a book because African-Americans, now, you know, I'm a little older than you guys, mm -hmm. but... You probably recall, you may have heard your, your parents or your grandparents talking about when they were traveling throughout the South, you couldn't stop to use a bathroom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I know. This guy published his book letting you know where you could stay, where you could get a hot meal or who would put you up for the night. And it was distributed free. But after integration, people decided they wanted to go stay in Howard Johnson's and Holiday Inn. So that was really our motivation we said wow this guy did this back then there's no one doing it now and we felt that we needed to fulfill that need and okay uh, so that was the inspiration for for yeah, that for was the inspiration. for, for, and, for and i always wanted to travel um you know when i left high school I, I wrote down on paper that i wanted to visit cuba ironically uh i wanted to go to uh egypt which i've also been to and places like Ghana and places, you know, other places throughout the uh, diaspora, I, I, it was just instilled in me. I mean, you know, I, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. So I was always looking for more answers about who we were. Because, you know, growing up in a small town, and I'm sure it wasn't much different here in Philadelphia, you didn't get the positive stories about how great your people were. They always want to start with slavery. They never want to talk about <laughs> they went to Africa to get skilled people, not people who, could, who couldn't think. They got people that knew how to grow the rice, how to build pyramids. Uh, you, you go to Savannah, Georgia, there's an a, a African Baptist church there that has bricks that were made over 300 years ago. And actually, they, I've actually been there, so I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. And, and you know what I'm talking about. When they tear buildings down in Savannah, they use they reclaim and reuse those bricks because mm -hmm. they were of superior quality. So, you know, what we're trying to do is bring the stories to the forefront, uh, let you know where you can go, where you're going to be treated well, and um, just just highlighting the, the world. This, this that, That's interesting. So, so... From what you're saying, it's like you know, it's about travel, but it's also cultural and cultural and history within there as well. Oh, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question: Are you guys only digital now? Do you still do a physical, or is it just digital? Oh, no, no. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm I'm gonna give you a treat here. I went out to the car this morning. Oh. I hope you can see this. I'm gonna hold this up. Yeah, hold to the camera. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. This so we're on that. Edition, yeah. Uh, 
the fall editions which came out last month. Uh, and, you know, I'm just going to put a shameless plug out here. We are Pathfinder. You can find us online at Pathfinders with the us, pathfinderstravel.com. Yeah. Uh, matter and of I'll, fact, I'll, if, I'll make sure I share that with all of our followers. Yeah. I'm going to put it within yeah. the description of this video and audio. Sure. Um, and I'm actually going to subscribe. So I want to get the physical. I've read, I've read the digital copy. I want to get the physical copy, too, though, because uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing. That's very important. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of people should know that this exists because, listen, um. You know, as people that travel, um, yep. we're always looking for ideas and, and information and always trying to stay culturally relevant because um, that's very important. Well, Jimmy, let me let me just say this. People ask me what my favorite destination is, and I tell them it's Cuba. Uh, I'm taking a group to Cuba in May of this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it's in, in, and I like to emphasize the fact that we focus on Afro-Cuban culture because... Prior to traveling to Cuba in 1998, if you had told me that the dominant population in Cuba was African and that the dominant religion was Yoruba, I would have said you lying. You, you know, to be able to see black faces in powerful positions in government, uh, they lead the culture in terms of the music, the arts, but also when you're dealing with the culinary arts, I mean, my wife took a group of ladies down there uh, right after President Obama went to Cuba, and they actually dined in the same restaurants that the Obamas did. Uh, we take you into some of the Yoruba museums. You're able to interact with the artists, and they love us. And actually, they know a lot about our history because they have statues of Malcolm and Martin there. They have a Martin Luther King Center. Um, you know, I also enjoyed Egypt, but, you know, right here in this hemisphere, it's got to be Cuba. Some of the best beaches in the world. Uh, you, you're guaranteed to have a good time. Interesting. Later this, uh, in next, next year, my church, I'm actually taking a group to South Africa for actually it'll be our third trip going to South Africa. So th there's, there's a lot to see and do. E even here in the States, um, we'll be taking folks down into South Carolina, we have a very rich history that is still untold, and we like to share it with people, man. So yeah, that's that's the good because I, I was I was actually going to ask that question because um, you know um, I talk to my wife often about how like, we travel a lot, and I said you know the funny thing is we travel and we're always leaving the country. I said, but there's so much uh, history and culture and things that we haven't experienced right here in the country, right? Oh, man, so we need so to start taking trips like within our states to um to to experience that. Yeah. So. That's what I was going to ask you in terms of, um, you know, um, stay, staying within the country. What are some of your, like, give me a couple of ideas of uh, your favorite well, spots. I, I would tell you, for example, um, even our neighboring state of Maryland, we're thinking about taking a group down to, um, and this will be a historical cultural trip, excuse me, <clears throat> down to Dorchester, Maryland, where Harriet Tubman was from. Um, about three years ago, they opened up a Harriet Tubman Visitor Center as part of the National Park Service. A lot of uh, interesting history, uh, even mm -hmm. though, you know, they made the movie, but to be able to go there and walk the same earth where she was from, you know, mm -hmm. Frederick Douglass is there. Uh, I was recently, uh, just last, or this year, actually, I was in Montgomery, Alabama. I would encourage people to go to that lynching museum down there. It's very moving. Uh, you got places, like, of course, South Carolina, a lot of our history and culture. And even in places, like one place that I want to go, I haven't done yet. My wife actually spoke there to a group of black writers years ago was Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure resonates with you guys being absolutely yeah. Black Wall Street. You know, people need to go and and learn mm-hmm. that our people have achieved greatness, and of course, the jealous folks decided they wanted to destroy that. You got the Black Cowboy Museum. You got one in Houston, Texas, where we did a benefit for several years ago. Also out in Denver, Colorado. So. There's a lot of stuff. I actually, um, a couple of years ago, I just visited the Buffalo Soldier Museum in Houston. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that was, that was pretty in interesting. A lot of history there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of, um, the more you get out there and start dwelling in this, you can say, wow, some of these, these people that are like folklore heroes, they were African. They don't always want to uh, let you know that. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Like, you know, Annie Oakley was a black woman. You absolutely, know? absolutely. And I got a couple more questions because, I, yeah, like yeah. I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I got a couple more questions. One, because this is just for me because um, I love mm-hmm. the Caribbean. I want to know what's your favorite spot in the Caribbean? Cuba. <laughs> you, yeah. you, did, you did say that right. You said, yeah. you said oh, you said yeah. overall, overall, that's your favorite spot. So, but I'm gonna tell you, my second one is Jamaica. Listen, you, listen, I'm, I'll be there. I'll be there the first week of December this year. Like, oh wow, it's funny because um, you know, last year we decided to do something different, so we went to St. Lucia, uh-huh. um, which was beautiful, by the way. But yeah. it's something about Jamaica. It's something about the air, the people, the culture, yeah. the music, the, the food, food. food the die. food. Oh man, listen, listen, listen to the point where like we're going right back. Like we we like the grill, so we're going right back there. But um, I was hoping you said that. So <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, that's let my, me. That's my happy place. Yeah, I don't know how long you're going to be there, but if you get the opportunity, the one thing I have not done in Jamaica is visit the Maroon community. And okay. it's, it's probably on the other side of uh, Montego Bay, probably about an hour ride. But these are the people that refused to be enslaved. They fought the British and they still maintain their independence lifestyle. Um, they're still speaking the Ashanti language right really? there in Jamaica. So if you ask anybody about the Maroons, now the government doesn't want you going to experience that, but if you deal with the indigenous Jama- Afro-Jamaican, they know about the Maroons and, and it would be a powerful experience. That, oh, yeah, that's, I, I definitely got to do that. So yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to at some point doing a trip like that and, and experiencing that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Cause um. I, I I went and visited like some of the aboriginals when I was in Australia and, yeah. and that, that experience was like just mind blowing. So yeah. Yeah. So listen, um, outside of, uh, you know, Pathfinder, cause, um, and I want everybody to go check that out because that that's culturally relevant. Um, it's very powerful and I, um, I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. I know you also do a lot of work in the community. I just want to say thank you for all the work you do. Um, yeah. in terms of mentorship and everything you do in the community, because that's also important. So yeah, because when when I leave after this interview, I'm heading down to 100 Black Men. <laughs> we, we're doing some mentoring today. We get together every other Saturday, and um, got about 40 young men. Mm-hmm. And I say young men because they are really beginning to catch on and and recognize that you have to put the time and the work in. You know, nothing is given to you unless you earn it. And uh, we're we're trying to make sure that our kids are focusing on their education, but we're teaching them some real skills, social skills about how to identify themselves, respect their elders, and, um, you know, use that mind. You know, our our minds are are, are precious jewels. And if you don't nurture your mind, you know, uh, we're we're constantly telling kids, you got to put that phone down and shut the TV off and, and tune into who you are. Yeah. 
So we yeah. just want to say, listen, thank you, because um, that's very important. And Corey and I will like be getting involved and try to help you guys out with some of that as well, because, um, you know, we think that part is important. Um, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll make sure that everybody takes a look at uh, you know, Pathfinder Travel Magazine. We're going to share all that with them because I think that that's that's very valuable, man. Um, and we appreciate it, Corey. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, man. He gave me a lot of gems, like because I actually was supposed to go to Jamaica in a week or so, but I had some health issues that prevented me from traveling. Okay. But when I I'm going next year for sure. Yeah, I, 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 actually, I was supposed to go next week, and so when yeah. you were staying in Jamaica. I was like, that hurt my heart a little bit because I, <laughs> I had to cancel my plans because yeah. I couldn't go because of some health issues with traveling. But, uh, you know, once my doctor cleared me, I'm I'm back on the grind. I, I, I get out the country two to three times a year myself. So, well, you know. Let, let me mention this to you, Corey. Go to the grill. There's an there's a African-American sister that owns a place down there. It's called Jackie's on the Reef. And then also... For health, you want to go to the, the Negril Treehouse. Okay. Uh, they cook vegetarian, jerk, everything you need, and you're overlooking the bay. It, it is absolutely wonderful. And okay. I got it on video now, so I don't even got to go look around. I can, yeah. find, I can find it now. It's and, on and, video and, I, now. and I'll be there the first week, so I'm definitely going to go check yeah, out Jackie, you, you Jackie's on the Reef. Over. I'll be on Jackie's yeah. on the Reef. Yeah, I haven't been there. Um, But you know what, though? Um. Also, based on this conversation, I gotta get to Cuba now. Like I haven't, that's yeah. just one place I haven't been. Um, it's on my bucket list, so yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to try to find my way there. But well, well listen, I just want to say, listen, I just want to say, like again, thank you for all the work you do. Thank you for um, you know, sharing your story, and thank yeah. you what you guys do for not only just like travel, but for history and culture, because that's very important. Absolutely, and for business, and for showing us that we can actually own our own magazine. You know, it's, it's one thing to be a freelancer, but to go out there on a limb. Because yeah. another thing I took from this is you talk about all the research that you did, and that's yeah. important. You just didn't, you know, I'll be in in a minute. You did the research, but you also took action. Because a lot of times yeah. people like the research and they get like, you know, um, paralysis by analysis, but you guys took action, but you did your research too. Yeah, yeah. had to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think those are important gems that you gave our audience. So um, I just want to say thank you again, and um, I wish you much success and everything. And, you know, we're part of the same investment club now, so I'll see you. I'll see you at least once a month. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Say in closing, I want to thank you, brothers, for what you're doing because you could be doing something else at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, but we got it done. We had to yes. research this. But I applaud you, and and we will have both of you to come in and speak to our youth and 100 Black Men. Absolutely. We need to see. See, our motto is. They will be what they see. So if they see someone doing something positive, they say, yeah, why can't you do this? You can do it, too. And that's what we're all about, man. Absolutely. That, that, that's similar to our motto, which is representation matters, yes. <laughs> which is yeah. why we do this podcast. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So we'll definitely be there because, um, you know, that's part of our, our, our mission as well. So thank mm -hmm. you, brother. We appreciate you, man. And, um, and for our audience out there, listen, make sure you check out Pathfinder magazine. Um, this this is this is a very powerful episode because this is something that's owned by us and we want to make sure that Absolutely. we support each other um and and it's a it's a high quality magazine and it's our magazine so make sure you definitely support um you know check out brother weller i'll put all of uh, his information to check out the magazine and such within the description um another powerful episode core uh so i just want to say to our audience out there as we always say it's not about how much money you make it's about how much you keep 
Game Melo. That's true. We'll, we'll, check, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> we'll talk, talk to you guys, guys next, next episode. episode. Peace. Take care.